Good morning, everyone. What a beautiful day. I'm so excited. My mood has changed so dramatically from the weeks that we've had of rain. And I must admit, while I've been stuck indoors in the rain, my uh, TV viewing has significantly increased. Uh, and I've been watching a fair few shows. Uh, one of the shows I've been watching is called Catfish. Has anyone seen it before? There's a few, yeah. <laughs> so catfish is a term for a person who goes online and sets up this false persona. They set up this fa false image. The picture they show isn't them. The name they give isn't them. Everything they do has nothing to do with a real person. So there's this person who's the catfish and then a secondary person who's talking to them and having a relationship with them and having real feelings. Some people think they're in love with this person don't know who they're talking to and they're being deceived and they're being lied to. So what happens in Catfish is there's two hosts that helps the person who's like, I can't talk to this person, Then there's something not right, we've been talking some people for years to this person and something isn't right but I have real feelings for them. And so they go through this whole mirage of situations and they finally come to a conclusion and they finally meet and so often the person is nothing who they say they are, look nothing like they post in the photos, it's just this complete deception and there's genuine hurt, there's genuine um, deception, there's genuine loss of trust for these people and I, I just find it fascinating. <laughs> but I'm not saying this just to tell you about my week which has been, you know, probably too much TV. But because John in this passage coming up kind of gives us this catfish guide, he gives us indications. Like in the show, if you can't video chat, you're probably getting catfished. If, you're, if they don't talk on the phone, you're probably getting catfished. If they say they're a model or a DJ, you're probably getting catfished. Like there's time and time again, there are these clear signals. And John is going to give us a word today to say, hey, don't get catfished in your faith. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe the deception and provides this framework for us. So before we get into it, let's pray. Thank you, God, that you are the revealer of truth. Thank you that you are who you say you are and you have been consistent for all of time. Help us to see who you are and learn more of our own faith with you, God. And may we really embrace your Holy Spirit in our lives so that we are able to see with clarity. Lord God, let this morning be yours. May these words be yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So John and Catfish, it seems like a weird combo, but we know that this is a pastoral letter and John has such a beautiful heart for these people that he wants to love on. He sees them as his children. Time and time again, we hear, dear children, dear friends. It's this loving environment. There's a genuine love for them to not only know who they are in God, but who God is as well. Part of that is being smart about their faith. Part of that is seeing that, yes, they've grown as a community, and that's a wonderful thing, but there has been challenges. And some of these challenges have been from outside the church, but now he's addressing some challenges that are within the church. 
some people who are setting themselves up as Christians, but they're spreading a gospel that isn't in line with the truth of Jesus. They're spreading lies and falsehood, and he wants the people to be aware, be savvy, be straight smart about their own faith. So let's read the passage. It's from 1 John 4, verse 1 to 6. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. What a beautiful letter. Like, John just loves on these people, and he's writing to a community in crisis. They're still young in their faith, and as a loving father, he wants to talk to them about the realities of their faith and what it means to be a Christian, the true essence, what it is to be a Christian. So John calls it out. Yes, there are people who have even been in part of their community, but they don't live by the influence through, of God through the Holy Spirit. They're not living by a life lived in Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, with the Holy Spirit as their counsellor. Instead, these people are living through the spirit of the world, a spirit of falsehood called false prophets and the Antichrist. They claim spiritual authority. They claim prophetic insight, but their insight isn't a revelation from God, and they are still listening to the world of its sin nature, of its evil desires, its darkness, and its sin they are still slaves to the lies and destruction and they have not accepted the authority of Jesus, of God in their life. They're still living as their own gods, their own power, and they're claiming their lies to be the truth. In this way, they're living against Jesus, in contradiction to Jesus. What blows my mind is they're actually living in a way that the thought of Jesus coming down in a human form boggles their mind so beyond that they go, no, 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 God, you couldn't have done that. Let me tell you how you are God. The audacity for that. Instead of accepting the revelation of Jesus, of who he is and what he has done, they're saying, no, God, I've got the script. I'll tell you who you are. So in this way, they take on Jesus and they reject him. That's why they're anti-Christ, the, anti, the spirit of the anti-Christ. Their philosophy, their beliefs are not just indifferent. They are against the beliefs of who Jesus is. But rather than John focusing in on these people, rather than John honing in on this and creating a spirit of fear, rather than creating this nervous tension, 
He empowers the people. He loves them. He shows them what is real and why it is. He reassures them that they do have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who is truth. And he gives them the capacity to be savvy about their faith, to spot the catfish, the deception, to see the lies and stand firm in their own faith in Jesus Christ. Because the gift of prophecy is a real thing from God. Paul describes its use in 1 Corinthians 4.3 as for strengthening the body, encouragement and comfort for the body of believers. Prophecy and prophets have had a long history in our faith. Some of the Old Testament was written by prophets of their visions and their words. And the Old Testament is littered throughout with spoken word and visions that have been revelation from God. We have Elijah, Elisha, Nathan, Isaiah, Daniel, Jeremiah, the list goes on. And even at the, after the birth of Jesus in Luke 2.25, we have this man called Simeon who has been given a word by God that he would not die before he saw the Lord. And he got to hold the baby Jesus. And while he saw him and looked at him, he was able to speak life. He was able to prophesy about this baby, that he would be the saviour of the world. He was able to speak that this is God's salvation come to humankind for the salvation from our sins. This is who God is. He will reveal to us. And he does so through the prophets. So we shouldn't just shut it up and go, no, 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 those gifts, other people are using them detrimentally. It's been like that for ages. God is love, but there is still the false love, the deception, the self-interest, the altered love. But we still seek love. There is truth, but there's also lies and deception that twist and distort the truth, but we still seek truth. It's the same for all of the gifts. We still seek it out. We still look for it, but we put it in a framework where we go, God, you have given this as a good gift. How do you want to use it? So what is this ultimate test? It's Jesus. Jesus is the one. Jesus is the reason why we are here this morning and not in the surf. This is the morning that we're here to celebrate who God is. Jesus is our God and our Saviour, and in Jesus is our definitive test for all of these things. From verse 2, we read, This is how you can recognise the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. So we know God gives us good gifts, in this case, a gift of prophecy. But we also know that there are catfish counterfeits that speak from a false spirit. And we are given permission. We are encouraged. Even stronger than encouraged, we are tasked to test every spirit. Now, this even applies to things like preaching and teaching, not just the world of prophecy, Jesus is our standpoint. Jesus is our firm foundation. Jack Deere explains it like this. The counterfeit ministry will deny the written word of God. Now, the denial won't involve a debatable matter of interpretation, but rather a foundational doctrine of the Bible. 
So in this, we're not talking about the things that Christians debate, and we debate a fair bit. Uh, We're not talking about those things. We're talking about the things that define us as Christians. And if you haven't catched it yet, it's Jesus. It is Jesus. We are literally Christ followers. So what we believe about Jesus is important. And it is Jesus is how we examine those things that are spoken to us. We have the Holy Spirit, though, as well. And the Holy Spirit will always testify that Jesus came in the flesh and he is the Son of God. It will confirm both his humanity and his divinity. So these days, we've got a bit of a different take on Jesus. There's debates on whether or not Jesus even existed. Uh, Most historians say, most credible historians all say, yes, Jesus existed, But back in the days of John, they weren't necessarily debating if Jesus existed. They were debating what Jesus was. (laughs) So like I said before, there were this crowd that was saying, no, 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 no. God couldn't be human. No, 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 no. Jesus actually didn't come as a human. He must have been God. And they come up with all of these theories, ones like a phantom. He just looked like a human. Some say, you know, the spirit possessed someone and then left before the cross because they couldn't understand the concept of God going to those lengths in that much love, in that much sacrifice for us. So they created this falsehood instead. But there is a huge problem with denying the divinity of Jesus. In Galatians 4.4, we read, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Now, this applies for all genders. The eldest son was the one who inherited everything. So that's what it's talking about. I here inherited the full sonship from, through Jesus. Another thing is, it says in here that he was born under the law. And this is really important. Sorry, guys, I'm going to get my geek on today, and I'm excited for it, but you might just have to have a bit more coffee. It's exciting, though. It's it's really important. So under the law means that Jesus was born as a human, and because he was under the law and fulfilled all the law, he could redeem that. What's also exciting is we have someone We have a God who completely understands what it means to be human. I don't have a slide, but in Hebrew 4.14, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Because we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin." Even John says at the beginning of this letter, that which we have known from the beginning, which we have heard, we've seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Jesus, uh, John, as one of Jesus' disciples, lived with him. He saw Jesus in all his different humanness states, tired, hungry, happy, sad. Jesus knew sorrow. He knew pain. He took on our humanity. 
He took on, he was born as a baby and went through teenage period. Like if you're going to pick an option, you want to skip that part and you would go straight to, you know, I reckon 23, probably a sweet time. You would skip all that, but he didn't. He lived through all of it and he was there because he experienced it all. He experienced everything we could and he was tempted in every way but without sin. Like I said, because he was born under the law, because he was human, because he didn't sin, Jesus was able to save all of us who have been under the law but have sinned. He was able to redeem. He was able to stretch out his hand and go, I have fulfilled all the law and I am able to extend now and you can have my perfection where you don't have any. He was able to do that because he did it to completion. Without the humanity of Jesus, we would still be living under the law because our humanity would not have been redeemed. Jesus lived as one of us without sin. His perfection he freely gives to us who accept him as Lord and Saviour. And that is wild. To a degree, I can understand why it boggles the mind that how would God do this? But I'm going to take it. So for the false prophets to say Jesus was not human was categorically false and it endangers the salvation. It endangers our salvation for not just his community, but it's still around today. There's variations that you can still hear today. The word of God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, came to earth as a human, lived, died and rose again. As a human, Jesus is able to redeem our humanity back into relationship with God. And as God, he was able to raise from the dead and live forevermore in power and in his kingship. The reunion of humankind and God in a relationship restored in Jesus Christ. So yes, I fully believe that Jesus was fully human and fully God. I am forgiven of all my sins And we can begin a life that is different to how the darkness tells us, from how the hurt and the brokenness and the twisted love shows us. We can live in the truth of the love of God, in his light, through the spirit of truth. God saved us. God made a way where we could not. And all of us who put the trust of our lives into the hands of Jesus We can claim him as king, that we can have a relationship with him. We can be assured that Jesus died once and for all, for all of sin, for all of humanity. We can stand firm in that. This is our anchor point. This is where we stand. This is who we are as Christians because of Jesus Christ. It doesn't even matter how far into the darkness you have traveled. Jesus can still reach through and grab you. It doesn't matter whatever lies that you have believed previously. God can reach through and redeem you. Jesus came to earth as a human. Of course, he's able to do that, you know, reach beyond that little bit more to save you. And he wants to because he loves you. He knows you. He cares for you. And if you say yes to him, He fully welcomes you into the family with open arms. 
How amazing is that? God is not a catfish. Since the beginning, he has been drawing people to him and he has been making the way for humanity and himself to be restored in relationship. Where we have failed, God has made a way and he has succeeded. This almost this also means that God isn't trying to trick us. He's shown us who he is. He's given us Jesus. Jesus says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. There's a story in the book of Luke of two travellers on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus just saunters up alongside them, and this is what he says. And he begins with Moses and the prophets. He explains to them all what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. God's not a trickster. He's not trying to pull the wool over our eyes. From the beginning, from early on, he's been trying, since Adam and Eve walking in the garden, he's been trying to show us who he is. There's not a mystery. There might be deeper understandings, learning more of his love, his truth, his light, all of those things. But his character remains the same throughout. He's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. We believe in faith that Jesus Christ came to earth as a human, died, and on the third day rose again. And in his death and resurrection, he has given us the forgiveness of sins and a life to those who live in the truth that he is God and God over their life. So from verse 4 we read, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Those who do believe in Jesus have already got the victory. Jesus has already won. It's already game over. We're just playing out the final minutes. He is king and he will be back to restore the new heavens and the new earth where every knee will bow down and declare him Jesus as Lord. We have overcome because Jesus, he's already overcome. Our faith and trust in him is an active participation in that overcoming. Each moment we live in choosing to live as Jesus' Lord is an act of overcoming. Each moment you choose to live in light and love, placing Jesus first, is overcoming. Being here today is an act of overcoming. Interacting with each other, praising Jesus, is an act of overcoming. Living for Jesus in your everyday, no matter how ordinary or how extravagant and everything in between, living that for Jesus is an act of overcoming. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what job you have or don't have. It doesn't matter what birth order you're in. It doesn't matter if you're the pastor or if you're the first-time person here. Choosing to live for Jesus is participating in that victory and overcoming. We can live in this. It's not always easy. It doesn't always feel like it, 
But please know, Jesus has already overcome this world. He has already won. And we have a hope that we can trust in that while it might suck right now, later on, we're going to be in a new body, glorifying God with him in a world that is without sin, without pain, without tears and sorrow. And we are going to be able to live in life and in love and in truth. There is a day coming. Like I said, there is the reality that there are those in the world who will try to deceive, try and catfish our faith. But the closer we come to God, the more we learn about him, the more recognisable not just the truth becomes, but also the lies. And we've also been given the Holy Spirit. We don't have to try and do this on our own. God doesn't expect us to do this on our own. He's given us his Holy Spirit our counsellor, our comforter, the one who teaches us and the one who gifts us. We've been talking about prophecy, but the Holy Spirit gives us gifts, each and every one to us. There are so many gifts out there, and each one of you guys have something that God has gifted you with. But all of them come under the same criteria. If they are not proclaiming Jesus as Lord... We need to question, what are they proclaiming? If they're not speaking in truth of God and his mercy and his truth, what is it saying and why? So not only is there a spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit that is within us and that has gifted us, and we should be excited about this, but there's also the fruit of the Spirit. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are all from God. So if we are seeing disunity, derision, gossip, slander, malice, we should start questioning the source of these words. Is this from a catfish? Is this from a spirit of falsehood, the Antichrist? Is it from somewhere else more worldly than the truth and the life that God has given us? John wants us to be straight smart with our faith, not cynical. I'm not saying you have to get all hard on this, but also not gullible because God wants a genuine relationship with us. We are gifted in all different areas, gifts from God for the family of God. This is exciting, but we are Christians because of Jesus. And even in our gifts, we are to recognize the one who gives the gifts more than the gifts themselves. We can use these gifts, we can practice them and learn in them, but may we always give thanks to God first who brought us into the family through Jesus Christ. And I do hope this is encouraging for all of us. If there's some people here today who don't know what we're talking about and this is the first time you've heard about what Christianity is, welcome. But I also want you to know that you have an opportunity to come here today and say yes to this, to say yes to this family, to living in the truth and living in this life, to know this God who came down and lived as one of us to save us. This is extended to all of us. And if you would like to, 
I'm going to get us all to say a prayer in a moment. And as we bow our heads, I would like you to follow the words that I say along with everyone else as well. So let's take a moment and we're going to pray. And it's just a conversation with God, asking him and declaring him Lord of our life. Let's pray. So all together. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize I've been living in my sin. And I repent of all wrong I have done. Thank you, Jesus, that you have forgiven me of my sins. I receive your forgiveness and I declare you Lord over my life. Amen. If that was the first time you have prayed that and you have made a decision to follow Jesus, please follow one of us up afterwards, someone in a black shirt or anyone out the front. We would love to have a conversation with you. It really is a life lived in truth. It really is. It can be challenging sometimes because sometimes that we don't want to see the truth. Sometimes we've been holding on to the lies for a bit too long, and as Jesus peels our hand back, that can be a painful process, but it is worth it. Jesus is why we can be here today. Jesus is why we can have a hope for the future. Jesus is our hope and in why we are called Christians. So this week, I want to give us all a challenge. I want us to all look at Where am I overcoming? Where am I living out this truth? Where am I living as Jesus' Lord? Where am I overcoming? This might be for some of us, forgiving someone that we really haven't wanted to, but surrendering it to God and saying, I forgive them. This might be having that difficult conversation that you've been putting off for years or days. This might be even as simple as handing your assignment in on time or being diligent in your job or teaching your kids about Jesus. Every part of our lives can be moments of overcoming when we declare Jesus as true, as Jesus as Lord. This week, let us overcome each step, even in doing the dishes, even in cooking dinner, even in going to work, even in when, how we sleep, even in our conversations. Let us be overcomers, not because of what we have done, but because of what Jesus has already done. Let us live in God's truth, in His light, in His love, So let us worship today, declaring Jesus as Lord and Saviour. But before we do this, let's pray. Thank you so much, God, that you have gone the lengths to deliver us from our own condition, from our own sin, from where we are. Thank you, Jesus, and we declare you Lord of our lives. Show us through this week where we're holding back from you. God, show us this week where we can step up and declare you Saviour and live in your truth that little bit more. And help us, Holy Spirit, to do this. We welcome you in. We welcome you to challenge us. We welcome you to grow us. 
And may we know your love more and more each and every day. Know of your victory each and every day. And we declare you Lord of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.